All right, Psalm 75 this morning. Psalm 75, we'll get a word from our sponsor this morning. Psalm 75, and again, if you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Psalms, uh, verse by verse. We're learning so much. It's a such a great book. They're all great books, but it's just so nice to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter and, and just to see different principles taught. And sometimes they're repetitious, so don't get hung up by the repetition. We all need repetition. Uh, we've, we all have a tendency to forget, even during the day, what we should be doing for the Lord and what we should be doing with our lives. We need repetition. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. And Lord, I just pray for the gift of teaching. I've done my part. I need you to do yours. And Lord, for every heart in this room, none of us have arrived. We're all still breathing. So we need to be more like Jesus. So rattle our cages. Stir the pot. Stoke the flame, Father. Let us not be Christians in these last days that are just cruising down this road called life and not trying to throw a life preserver out to someone else. But help us to be aware of our surroundings and people that are dying and going to hell. To do whatever we can do, whatever little it might be, Lord. As some men water and some men plant and Some people fertilize, but Lord, you're the one that brings the increase, but we want to be a part of that process. So let us never retire in our Christian walk. Stir us even this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, Psalm 75, to the chief musician set to do not destroy. So that famous tune, we've seen this before. A Psalm of Asaph, a song. Now, a couple weeks ago we were together and we saw that it was a, a contemplation of Asaph in verse in, in Psalm 74. It was a different time frame. So now we're jumping back again to David's time frame and the man that was literally his name was Asaph. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks. Well, I have this verse highlighted. And it's really important that you notice we. How does the psalm start out? We. We. We is more than what? More than one. So yes, I should give thanks, but even we corporately should give thanks, or maybe we as a family, or a group, or whatever the case may be. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. You know, if you're ever feeling like God is far from you or that you're far from God, just look around. Just look down at your own hand. As I shared with you earlier, it's amazing the brain, what the brain can do. And when it starts to shut down and you watch someone start to do things that they don't want to do, but they have no control over it, that's amazing as well. To know how finely tuned God has created us. You see, God is the God of all creation. And Asaph here praises him as such. And, and I don't think we could ever, I don't think we could ever praise God too much for all that he has created. You know when you have a really good meal and you're sitting around the table and you thank somebody and then you thank him again, you thank him again. You know, that's kind of like, all right, stop already. You know, it starts to embarrass them. God's never going to get embarrassed 
by you and I proclaiming his goodness, his faithfulness, and thanking him over and over. And you're thanking me again. Come on, would you stop doing that? God's never going to say that. And it's good for us. It's good for our soul. You see, it's when we elevate creation to the point of the creator that we fall into trouble. And that's one of the issues that we're having as a society even today. You see, true worship will always focus on the creator of the creation. Now, that doesn't mean at all, so don't take what I'm saying out of context, that we should just trash the earth. There's no way we should do that. We should take care of what God has given to us. But we should never elevate it to that place of being God or even being above God, Mother Earth. Who is Mother Earth? There's no Mother Earth. Jesus spoke the earth into being. But you can subtly find yourself, even as a Christian, going down that road. And all of a sudden, what you do, and you don't realize you're doing it, but subconsciously, you're lifting the earth above God. No, no, no. Keep it in its proper perspective. Verses 2 and 3. Now, this is God speaking, not Asaph. When I chose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth... And all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. What do you think about that, Selah? You see, it is God's timing that creation is subject to. And when the proper times ar- proper time arrives, all of mankind will stand before his judgment seat. Matter of fact, if you'd like to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. All of creation as we know it will one day melt with a fervent heat. And it's not going to be due to global warming. It's going to be all about God's righteous judgment being poured out on a cursed world due to sinful mankind. Now again, that the team is really good about putting slides up. So if you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles on the chairs in front of you underneath. Grab a Bible. They always put a few... Ver- Books in front and behind and the cross there, that, that white cross is where you're going to find it in your Bible. Second Peter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. So important for you and I to realize this. As our hearts need to stay focused on the Lord and on God, and we can easily get distracted and start focusing on this world and everything that's in this world. And again, we elevate something above God, whether it's our home or our children or our estate or whatever it might be, our 401k. Keep it all in perspective because it's all going to burn. It is all going to burn. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of Christians ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So there's the exhortation for you and me. It's all going to burn. Now, we should be responsible and take care of what God has given to us, not neglecting any of that. But as we do that, we need to make sure that our conduct remains in holiness. That it's not about me. It's not about what I have gained, what I've arrived at, what I've achieved. No, it's only because God has granted it to me. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. 
because of which the heavens will be dissolved. Peter repeats himself. In other words, he's driving home a point. Everything you see before you, everything I see, it's all going to burn. It is all going to burn. No matter how hard man tries to make it, it is all going to burn. We'll be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. And fire, most of the time in the Bible, is symbolic of judgment. So the judgment of God, the wrath of God. 13, nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, which you will find in the book of Revelation. That there's literally going to become a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The curse will be totally eliminated and there will only be righteousness on this new heaven and new earth. Back in Psalm 75. I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully and to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Now again, remember the horn is symbolic of strength. Don't lift up your strength. Do not lift up your horn on high. So do not lift up your own strength. Do not speak with a stiff neck. You see, these people are proud and they're going against God, stiffening their necks and raising their heads in proud arrogance. And again, this can creep into our lives. God is not a respecter of persons. He will deal justly with everyone. Everyone. You see, if a person is stiff-necked, God will meet them right where they're at. He will try to bring them into submission through his love and care. But most people have no desire to submit to that level of humility, unfortunately. And this, again, creeps into Christianity. James 4.10 says this. Humble yourselves... In the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up. Humble yourselves. This is for you and I. We, we shouldn't expect the world to understand this. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Who's the Lord? What are you talking about? So this is obviously speaking to you and me. The world's not going to recognize Jesus as Lord. So for you and me, we are called to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord... And he will lift you up. And then in 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. You see, God's hand is full of all power. But he is also a comforting God. As Jesus said, that no one is able to snatch you out of my Father's hand. And he may, that he may exalt you in due time. Notice the may there. It might happen on this side of heaven. It's definitely going to happen on the other side of heaven. So you might be serving where you're serving at in your workplace. And you might think, well, nobody recognizes my good job. I'm not getting the promotion. I'm not getting the raise. I, 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 I. Just go with what God has. God has you in that place because there's people that need to see Jesus. And God's meeting your needs. And if he's not meeting your needs, then ask him to meet your needs. And if you need to get another job, then get another job. But don't whine and complain about the one you have. Do something about it and be used of God while you're there. 
Because if you're whining and complaining, the unbelievers are seeing a whining and complaining Christian. And that's not what they need to see. They need to see somebody that loves God and says, God, you're taking care of me. I don't like this situation. I'm not happy with this situation. But God, I'm going to praise you. Because you are taking care of me. You see, Jesus constantly taught his disciples about the need for humility. Why? Well, verses 6 and 7. Psalm 75. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. The psalmist points to the source. It's God. Where you're at right now, where I'm at right now, is where God wants me. And if God wants to move me, he's going to inspire me. He's going to inspire you through the Holy Spirit to start praying, to start seeking. He's going to start nudging you. And you're going to find yourself going in a different direction, maybe ending up in a different workplace or a different city or whatever the case may be. But if you're praying, you're in the word, you're seeking godly counsel, it's going to be okay. Because God is the one who promotes and he is the one who demotes. Even though there are those who might brag about their own achievements, they will answer to God one day. Let's look at Daniel, Daniel 4, 19 through 37. Daniel 4, 19 through 37. Because I think this is one of the best examples that we have in our Bibles. Daniel chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar. What a great story. Daniel 4, 19 through 37. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for a time and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, may the dream concern those who hate you and its interpretation concern your enemies. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, whose height reached out to heaven, and which could be seen by all the earth, whose leaves are lovely and its fruit abundant, in which was food for all, under which the beast of the fields dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the heaven had their home, it is you, O king, who have grown and become strong. For your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw the watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of heaven and let him graze with the beast of the field till seven times pass over him. This is the interpretation O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, that would be God, which has come upon my Lord, the king. They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the fields, and they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. 
And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. Therefore, O king, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by being righteous and your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. He was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? Is this not my house? Look at my beautiful house. Are these not my cars? Is this not my 401k? Look at what I have done. Look at what I have established for myself. No, we have to be very, very careful. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men. And your dwelling shall be with the beast of the fields. They shall make you eat grass like oxen. And seven times shall pass over you until you know the Most High. Rules in the kingdom of men. And gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the time, I, now it comes, comes personal. Yeah, here we have this story, but now Nebuchadnezzar, I, I, listen to me, everybody, I. What happened, happened to me, his personal testimony. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High. Did Nebuchadnezzar not know God prior to the situation? He did. Daniel had been ministering to him for years. I firmly believe he probably had a relationship with with God before this situation because of the miracles and the testimonies that he had heard from Daniel and the three gentlemen that went with Daniel to Babylon and many other Jews. So I believe that he was a Christian. Might be overstepping boundaries. I wouldn't argue about it. If he wasn't, he is now. Either way, we hear this acknowledgement. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him who lives forever. For His dominion is an everlasting dominion. And His kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Presidency, nothing. Now we need to honor and respect and pray for those who are in authority over us. And I hope that you do that. We have been doing that for the last 40 years. doesn't matter who's in there, we pray for them. Because that's what the Bible says to do. And that God has a plan and a purpose behind that. But the bigger picture is, no matter how big they think they are, 
no matter how mighty, no matter what their ego is all about, it doesn't matter. They're nothing. They're nothing. God has a bigger plan. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me and the glo- for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was restored to my kingdom and ex- excellent majesty. Mag- Majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king. Notice capital K. The king of heaven. All of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those, and here's the key for you and me even today. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. Isn't that awesome? He is able to do that. And he will do it in a loving, a merciful way. Unless we have a stiff neck. As we look back into Psalm 75. Then he might just have to drive us into the ground for our own well-being. To help us to look up and to remember, no, there is a God in verse 7. And he is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And if he wants to put me down and serve somewhere else, that's fine with me. Because God's still with me. And I just want to be where God wants me to be. And, And if he wants to exalt me in some other way, that's fine too. But I'm not going to go looking for it. I'm just going to keep doing what God has me to do today. And I would encourage you to do the same. Whether you're in junior high or high school, whether you have, you know, you're just starting your career and you might be thinking, man, I'm never going to get anywhere. This is pointless. You know, we were just up visiting. And Burger King, there was a local Burger King that just opened there and they have a sign out front. 1250. Starting. Pay. 1250. 1350 for a supervisor. I'm like, 1250 That's That's a lot of money. I get, that's not enough. They can't hire kids. Kids will not go to work for $12.50 an hour. I'm like, 1250 That's a lot of money. Your, your parents are covering your rent. Your parents are buying your food. Your parents are probably goofy enough to pay for your insurance, which we never did. We told the kids, you want a car? We'll help you get a car. You're paying insurance. If you can't pay insurance, I guess you're not driving. Get out and get a job. Otherwise, they'll live with you when they're 30 or 40. Get them out of the, get them going. Get them busy. Oh, you, you guys will love this. You probably saw this. Did you guys see this in college? There was a college campus that built a little four by four room with a door on it. It's a cry room. Where if you're getting stressed over your teachers or your exams, and you just need to have some privacy and, and you just really need to have a good cry. You can go to this closet and close the door and just cry your little heart out. Sissifying, just sissifying. Slap yourself. Get over it. Study harder. Come on. Have a little cry. <laughs> this is unbelievable. 
Twelve fifty an hour? That's not enough. I want fifteen dollars. We've all seen it. If you've been reading any news, I'm like, McDonald's was never a career. I don't know if people don't realize this. It, it was for high school kids. It's not for you as a fifty year old to have a career at McDonald's, flipping a burger. Yeah, I deserve fifteen dollars for flipping a burger. No, you don't. No, you don't. Get it to ten dollars. That's all you deserve. You want more? Go get a real job. Gee, many Christmas. Anyways, verse eight. Verse 8, for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup and the wine is red. It is fully mixed and he pours it out. God's wrath. Surely its dregs shall all the wicked, notice this, wicked of the earth drain and drink down. Not the righteous, not the saints. Man's wrath is totally different than God's wrath. Revelation, the great tribulation, God's wrath is poured out upon mankind. In the first three and a half years, if you read Revelation and you do a chronological study, in the first three and a half years, half the world's population is annihilated due to God's wrath being poured out. Not man's wrath. We've seen man's wrath. God's wrath, half the population. If there's six billion people after the rapture, three billion people are going to die in the first three and a half years. That's man, that's God's wrath. Let's look at first Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. I firmly believe that the saints are not appointed unto God's wrath. Maybe man's wrath, but not God's wrath. You see, the wicked will drink, not literally, but metaphorically, they will drink of the cup of God's wrath because God is just, and as we have seen over and over and over again, he will judge justly. There'll be no escaping that final judgment day because all shall appear and give an account of their lives. In 1 Peter 4, 3, For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Well, what is that? When we walked in lewdness, lust. Now again, this just isn't sexual. A lust is, the definition of lust is that a desire for that which is forbidden. So that can be sexual, but it can also be anything else. Drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. We've all done that. Some point in our lives, we've all done that in one way or another. In regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation. That's why that crowd that you used to run with, that I used to run with, when, when I became a believer and all of a sudden I'm not going to do that anymore, they just kind of looked at you and and then they do what? The verse tells us, speaking evil of you. You've gotten too religious now. You've gone crazy. You're off your rocker. What's the matter with you? You used to be fun. Isn't it great when they say that? You used to be so much fun. I've had way more fun as a Christian than I ever had party. Verse 5 concludes the matter. They will give an account to him. Hell is not a partying place. They will stand before God who is ready to judge the living and the dead. So for you and I, as we look back into the psalm, as ambassadors for Christ, 
That should be our goal this week. How can we reach someone? How can we plant? How can we water? How can we fertilize? And God, if it's your will, allow me to pray with someone to receive Jesus. Verses 9 and 10 in Psalm 75. But I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Now this is Asaph speaking. All the horns of the wicked. So all the what? All the strength of the wicked. I will also cut off. Now this is again God speaking. But the horns of the righteous or the strength of the righteous shall be exalted. You see because of this simple fact. Because of this simple fact. Cody got this slide. Because of the simple fact that God will take care of the wicked through proper judgment. So for you and I, this is to bring it home here. Because of the simple fact that God will take care of the wicked. And again, we were up visiting and and, um, (laughs) some people have a a habit of watching Fox News or news programs. I I don't do that. It just drives me crazy. I get more upset than I do pray. And so, but you know, know, we, we just were patient and watched Fox News for a while and it's just crazy. It's just craziness that the two sides, it's like, hmm, it just gets you all wound up. At least for me, anyways, it gets me wound up. Now I got to go, no, nope, God, 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 you're going to take care of them. You see, the psalmist makes a commitment to praise the name of God forever. Let's, uh, let's turn it off. And we did this, you know, we did this one night. It was, it was wonderful. We just turned it off, got out the guitar, started playing songs, started praising and the whole mood changed and it always will. So if you're hung up on in a news program and you find yourself angry and bitter and resentful and hateful, turn it off. Turn it off and put on praise music. Start praising God. Start giving Him thanks and adoration. And your whole personality will change. You see, God will take away the strength of those who thought that they had it all together. They will have no strength. They will truly be humbled before God. Then there are those who might just have a little bit of strength and they will be exalted as we see in Matthew 23, 12, 23, 12, Cody, there you go. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself, guys, this is for you and me this morning. Not that any of us struggle with pride, not that any of you females struggle with pride. I know none of you do. It's only for us males, right? He who humbles himself will be exalted. Let's look at these next verses here. I just love these verses. What Jesus said in the book of Revelation, the church of Philadelphia. Revelation 3.8. says, I know your works. Isn't that awesome? You see, God knows right now all that you're doing for him. Nobody else may notice. And and it doesn't matter. I just really want to encourage you guys. It doesn't matter that nobody else notices. It doesn't matter that nobody says thank you. Just serve the Lord. Because if it does matter, what's going to happen, and I've seen this in the church, is people become bitter and they stop serving. You know, the pastor never acknowledges me. Nobody ever thanks me around here. Nobody ever does this. Nobody ever does that. You see, now your eyes are off of God and they're onto people, the ones that you're supposed to be serving. 
Just serve the people. Serve the sheep. If God's called you to serve. If God hasn't called you to serve, do us all a favor and just sit down. Because nobody wants to hear the whining and complaining. And when you're serving God, it's a joy to serve God, even when nobody says thank you. Because you know what? God notices. God notices. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. I know your work. See, I have set you before an open door. And no one can shut it. Notice this right here. For you have a little strength. Isn't that amazing? That, that Jesus speaks to this church who's living in a very persecuted time. Nothing like we're living in. I mean, we're getting there, but nothing. I mean, skinning people alive, feeding people to the animals, sticking them on poles, dipping them in wax, and lighting them on fire. Christians. All This is all Christians. This is when this is being written is during this huge persecution taking place. And, and Jesus said to this church, you have a little strength. I know what you're doing. And I know you have a little strength. And he's complimenting them. He's not saying, well, you have a little bit of strength. Get it together, would you? Do some more push-ups. Do something. No, he's just saying, you have a little strength. And what? Have kept my word. Guys, this is the most important thing. We think this administration is turning things around and that God is, you know, this nation is going to become a godly nation. You don't know a lot about the administration. You haven't been reading what's going on behind closed doors. I praise God for what he's doing and some things are changing. Praise God. Iowa passed. The governor signed a bill the other day. Praise God. You know, if, the, if they do a, um, if they do an ultrasound and they hear the heartbeat of the, of the baby, then they cannot perform an abortion. Praise God. That's great. Why are we having abortion, period? God bless America. No. Why do, why are we even voting on this stuff? No. It's pointless. Why do we need to hear a heartbeat? God created. And that's just one state. Now, Jesus says it's going to get worse and worse. And so for you and I, we have to stay focused on the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, please just don't read, just don't do a devotional in the morning and read that one verse and go, oh, that was so good, and then go about the rest of your day. Please do not do that. I mean, if you could do that, then just start doing this. Just have one strawberry in the morning or one banana in the morning. Pick your favorite fruit. Just, just one. Just one. One grape, one blueberry, whatever it is, and then go the rest of the day with nothing and see how you do. See how you do. You and I, we need to have our devotional times. I have a devotional time, not for you, for me. I know I say this often, but it goes in one ear and out the other for some reason. So I'm going to say it again. I have a devotional time for me. In my, I am busy. But I make time. Because if I don't, I'm going to fail. And I don't want to fail. Not because of you, because of God. So do you have a devotional time? Because if you don't, you're not going to be strong. Even that little bit of strength, you might think, well, I just have a little bit of strength. The Lord's commending the church. So don't get hung up on your strength. Get hung up on Jesus have kept my word and have not denied my name. This is huge in America today. This is huge. When it comes down to it, are you and I, are we going to accept the calling that we have upon our lives? You know, in our daily devotion this morning, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, we'll end it with this. 
I highlighted this in my Bible. It wasn't highlighted before, and I wasn't planning on putting this into the study, but after I did my devotion this morning, I go, oh, i got to put this into the study. This is perfect. Now, thanks be to God who always, who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us diffuses, notice this right here, this is key for you and I this morning as we go out into our world, and diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Isn't that interesting? You see, I can't come to your workplace. I mean, maybe you could invite me and maybe you could get me in there for a few hours. But I'm saying as a whole, I'm not going to come to your workplace. I can't do it. But you go there every day. And you have a fragrance. Now I talk about your deodorant. You have a fragrance. Now that pops into my mind. There was a gal when I was working at Motorola. You could smell her before she came into the room. It was unbelievable. I don't know what she put on, but it was a gallon of whatever every morning. It was just like, literally, you could literally smell her before she came into the room. Knew she was coming. It was unbelievable. How about that for for our Christian walk? Do your coworkers see, oh, here comes a Christian. Man, this guy, this gal. She's, she's always so patient. She's always so loving. Yeah, she messes up, but then she comes back and apologizes, or she's always got a word of encouragement, or he always, he always just, I don't know what it is, but there's something about him. And people actually enjoy being around that person. Which fragrance are you getting off? Are you giving off? One that stinketh? <laughs> As the King James would say? Or one where people go, oh, man, it's nice talking to you. I was having a tough day. Thanks for, Thanks for just reminding me of life. Because we all give off a fragrance, guys. All of us. Our Christian walk. Father, we just thank you and praise you. For your Holy Spirit dwelling within us. And Lord, we all give off a fragrance. People see us coming and... And sometimes they're wrong. They can misjudge us. We know that. But Lord, as a whole, those around us, they see Christianity from a certain perspective. And Lord, we want to help people come to know you. And we do want people to come to know Jesus. So, Father, this week, fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh anew right now. Help us to just submit our lives to you. Help us to debug the program. To replace whatever has maybe been placed into our minds from this world. To pull that out and to insert the word of God. To insert the truth into our lives. That we might just be that that sweet fragrance. When we enter a room or when we approach someone. That they can sense there is a difference. That we have a purpose. An eternal purpose. Not just a temporal purpose. That we're not just trying to manipulate people. Or schmooze people. Or win people over temporarily. 
but that we are really concerned about their eternal state. That when we say we want to pray for you, that we really would pray for them. That we would remember them throughout the week. Lord, just just give us that ability this week to become more sensitive. If we become hard or stiff-necked or if we are proud, thinking we've arrived, help us to realize, no, no, we have not arrived. We are prideful. We need to be broken. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you don't have Jesus as your Savior. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And if you are serious, if you are sincere, if you love God, but you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, then you can do that right now. There's people around you praying for you right now. In this room, people love you and care for you. And they're not just caring for your temporal state, they're caring for your eternal state. So they're interceding right now in the heavenlies. Because the enemy of our soul, Satan, he doesn't want you to receive Jesus. He's mocking in your mind right now, possibly, this free gift of eternal salvation. That's reality. But I want you to know, if you pray a simple prayer that God will receive you, that you will become His son, you will become His daughter. It's a free choice. So if that is you and you'd like to do that, pray this prayer with me right now. God, I have to acknowledge that I am a sinner. And as a sinner, I do need a Savior. I don't want to be religious. I desire a relationship with you. And so I acknowledge the cross. I acknowledge Jesus. I acknowledge his sacrifice for me. And that it's only by the precious blood of Jesus that I can be made white as snow. So God, I repent and I accept Jesus right now as my Savior. I don't understand what this is going to mean But I do understand this. You love me. And you will show me. And you will be with me. Because now your Holy Spirit dwells within me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for our ambassadorship. Use us, Lord, for your glory this week. However you see fit. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we all stand, guys? God bless you. If you'd like to get baptized, if you haven't been baptized, stick around.
Don't worry, you can go home in your clothes wet. Your car will be fine. It'll dry off probably in 10 minutes. It's supposed to be 105 today, so your car will be fine. God bless you guys. If you need prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you.